in five ah 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 four ah 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 three ah 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 hey everybody this is danielle <laughs> and this is count chocula and this is carla and we are hoosier homicide a true crime podcast by hoosiers for hoosiers or for anyone that doesn't know what a hoosier is we back hello hello we back Carla, what'd you do this weekend? I went to down to the river. What you, is that? You bathed in muddy waters. Um, it's I think it is the dirtiest water in the Oh, I was just guessing. <laughs> I didn't know it really Somebody was. told me they were like, This water's not clean and we shouldn't be swimming in it. And, and you're like, like okay. Count me Where, in. What were you in? The Ohio River. Yeah. The White River's probably well, I don't know. I don't the know. The White River's either. probably There's more polluted. There's bodies in the White River. Yeah. There so could be decide. bodies in the Ohio River. Were you in Evansville? Mm-hmm. And Henderson, Kentucky, apparently. You we both went, We went down time. that far. It was really fun, though. It's different than a lake because, like, it just keeps going. I like it. There's yeah. a current. Eventually, though, they come to an end. Okay. And rivers are a lot more dangerous. And this is my story <laughs> for the day. Dun, dun. You can take, you can have your speedboat and your pontoon. You can have jet skis out on the river and there's buoys and everything, just like a lake. But different from a lake, this river, like, there are gigantic barges that are transporting goods. Oh, so they got business to take care of. Yeah. And we were going back for the day. We were probably out on the lake for, like, four hours. River. The river. Damn. I know. It's weird. (laughs) And um, we were on it for, like, four hours. And then we came back and we saw that there was a couple jet skis that were turned over. And we just were like, oh, that sucks. And we drove right past them. But then we realized a barge was coming full speed ahead at the jet skis. And we were like, oh, shit. Should we turn around? So did some people like abandon ship? No, like they overturned their jet skis. Abandoned abandoned skis. (laughs) Abandoned (laughs) skis. Like if they saw the barge coming, they're like. No, you're missing. No. Okay. You know, if you go too fast or if you have too much weight on it, you can flip it. Yeah. So they were probably just. Being dumb mm-hmm. and going too fast. So and did you go it. back? We went back. Okay. And we were like waving down the barge, like stop, stop, mm-hmm. and do like they stop? turn and shit. Well, they can't stop. I mean, they're probably twenty ton boat thing. Yeah. I think they. I think. I don't know how you stop a boat. I think you put it in reverse. Yeah. yeah. You reverse the. But I don't. This was going. It's going too fast. It takes quite a while to slow down. And so I was like, I was 110% ready to jump in the water just because I was probably the best swimmer on the boat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm a good, good swimmer, but since I used Compared. to be a lifeguard, I was ready to jump in. And then luckily the barge saw us and like literally turned the, like turned the boat so that wouldn't hit them. And then we saw the captain up in the thing and he was like going like, like given given us this like what the fuck are these people doing and we were trying to help them and they're yeah. like we're good like, no i saved your life we're like truly you don't understand how serious this is you almost got plowed by a barge so it's four died. people it was a a kid and his dad and on one and then what happened was the one flipped because the woman was like too big to be oh. on it with someone else and she couldn't get back up okay yeah so it, I mean, I don't want to say it missed them by inches, but if I don't think if we waved them down, they they would have known. Do, I guess they think the barges just see you and they go around. 
Okay, in yeah. lakes, don't you have to like put a flag up or something if you have water? Like, I think it depends the on the lake association. Okay, because there have been some that you do that I've been out on, and some that you don't. Okay, in Elkhart, do they didn't... have to do that? No. Okay, but again, we never to we weren't allowed to tube and shit. No, we were on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays, on Tuesdays is tubing day. It's pretty dumb rule. Don't let me, don't get me started. So, see you next Tuesday had a whole different meaning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, that was kind of scary. Well, I don't know. I guess the people just didn't care. But they they took forever to get back on the thing. And they just didn't care. And they were like, the bars will move. At first, I thought you were going to say the barge person was like, what the fuck to you guys? Like, well, he was you... like, just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, over, like you guys were overreacting or something. I don't think so. No, I'd rather overreact than underreact. Like, if you guys had just ignored it and then found out on the news two people died by getting hit by a giant barge, you would have yeah. been like, oh, man. And we were like, tell- we were trying, we were like, we realized the barge was moving. So we were just like, hey, like, try to get on the back. And they were like, we're good. Thanks. Like, you owe me your lives, thanks. I'm just like, okay, well, you guys are fucking stupid. That thing was moving really, really fast, and I don't know if it actually saw you or not or if it saw us. Yeah, and I don't know how, if it's hard to tell, like, perception-wise, how fast something is going when you're in the water with it. It was going fast. Mm-hmm. 30 knots many, a mile. 32 knots. How many knots was it going? Nautical knots. I don't know. <laughs> But I was really like, I was on the edge of the boat. I was ready to jump in. That's impressive. Thanks. You were willing to risk your lives for yeah. people that were too big for you to save. And we were talking about it afterwards. Jesse was like, you were like ready to go. And I was like, yeah, yeah I was. If you see something, you have to say something. Yeah. Because that was weird. It was just a weird and thing remember, that happened. And remember, say it. Don't spray it. Say it. Don't spray it. It was just a weird thing that happened. And I felt like these people didn't care that they almost died. But whatever. They said YOLO. They really were like, it's fine. It would have been a kid. A kid would have died, so they didn't care. Man. And I felt weird after. I was like, that was creepy. I feel like. I feel like I should get. I intervened. Like a magical wish of some sort or something. No, it's going to be um, like Final Destination, and I helped them <gasps> cheat death. The ripple. <laughs> and it's going to come after me next. It's after you. It's yeah. after me. Go away. <laughs> God, that's fucked up shit. You know what's some fucked up shit? You made me watch Final Destination before we got on a plane. I'm a terrible human being. I was I was 15 <laughs> years old. I was 15, okay? And I was pretty I'm still pretty dumb, but like I can't remember this. You can't. Well, let me refresh your memory. So I can't be sorry. <laughs> Let me refresh your memory. Okay. <laughs> it was mom is such a doll because most kids when they get to like seventh or eighth grade in um the Catholic school system get to go to Washington DC for a I few did. days. Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. But that was pre nine eleven. Yeah. My mine was the first year post nine eleven. Mm-hmm. They canceled the trip. Yeah. Uh, I think for us, they just said no more overnight trips. I guess that may have been the easiest way to say it. Like, I feel like a lot of kids get to do that when they're young. They get to go and see the nation's capital, blah, blah, blah. So we didn't get to do that. We got to go to Marengo Cave. What the fuck is that? It's a cave in Marengo. Where is that? It's in Kentucky. And then we went on a river boat on the Ohio. This is all connecting. Wow. Weird. Um, That's what we did for our eighth grade trip instead. And then 
Um, so where does this lead into Danielle? Well, so mom was like, you need to see it. So yeah. my freshman year of high school, over Christmas break, we went. Oh, yeah. And we took like a rickety plane out there. And it was when the first time when um, my school was trying this new thing out where they're going to have finals after Christmas break, mm-hmm. which is a horrible yeah. idea. Yep. So I remember bringing all my textbooks with me and trying to study. Nope. It was stupid. It's yep. not that deep. Biology, not that deep. Now I remember I left my wallet at the restaurant, but I found it. That's what you remember? And all the other stuff. <laughs> so it was the night before we were supposed to fly home. But I was flying too. Yeah. So well, I'm she fine. saw that Final Destination was on TV. And she was like, hey, you ever seen this? I so like, I didn't record it and make so you watch where, it. So where were you at, Carla? What grade? I was... F- you were 15? 15. I was a freshman in high school. So fine. you were 21. She's fine. <laughs> she was. You were torturing her. So was she, that was her specialty growing See, up. See, that would have been me, though. She used to put me ty- in a trunk. If my... If, <laughs> If I was the older sibling, that'd have been me. She's fine. I, I mean, and obviously, all turned out fine. I've been on way more planes now than you have. Carla's therapist has heard more about me than anyone else. I don't have a therapist. Carla's imaginary therapist has heard more <laughs> about me than anyone else. So, so we watched it, and I was like, I don't like this. We're flying home tomorrow. <laughs> You're safer flying than you are driving. That's very, very true, but. I was traumatized for like a little bit. <laughs> well, but I thought movie. Washington D.C. was pretty dope. Besides the guy that tried to stalk and kill me, I don't remember that one. We're in the spy museum, and this <gasps> old guy followed yeah. me around. Yeah, and he sat next to me, and he was trying to get talk to me, and he was like, "You're very beautiful." Oh yeah, it, it is a spy museum though, so maybe he thought you were participating I was in a, a child spying event. He was following me around. He's probably a fucking sex trafficker now that I look back at it. Yeah, because now you, back then you don't know. Now yeah. we know. It was very wow. terrifying. I still think about that. Where was your mother at when this She happened? was there too. And then I told them, I was like, that guy is following me and he keeps trying to talk to me. And they were like, what the fuck? And then I remember we left at the gift shop and he was like yeah. trying to follow yeah, us through the gift did. shop. Yeah. And we were like, dude, I, I remember that now. It didn't go on any longer than that. Though. No, but I was terrified because we got on like the metro after mm-hmm. that, and I was like, "He could be on the metro." Like, so we went to the Holocaust Museum, and I was like, "No sane person would follow us here. It's no miserable. one would come here." <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Anyone got anything else? No. Does any of this relate to what we were talking Ooh, about? Good question. Um, well, it wouldn't be an overnight trip to get there. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't think so. Do you yeah. you can try. I mean, you can throw something out there and we can try to connect it. It doesn't require an airplane to get there. I really have no connection for you. That's okay. You can just start. February 8th, 1977. Great year. I don't remember much. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so some of what I have is actually like a narrative, like story to read and both of you We'll just absorb it. Okay. And I mean, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can keep them to yourself. Okay. Or ask me. Or Daniel will correct me. There we go. Like most midwinter mornings in central Indiana, the day was bitter cold and didn't warm up much from there. (laughs) (laughs) It had snowed recently, but most of what was left along the streets of downtown Indianapolis had gone gray and black with exhaust. (laughs) Basically, it's miserable here in the winter, and it's dark, dirty, and gray. 
Up the fourth floor of the building at 129 East Market, the secretarial staff at the Meridian Mortgage opened the doors at 8 a.m. to find a client already waiting outside, a man familiar to them, Anthony or Tony Karitsis, age 45. I'm going to say that name one time. Karitsis. Yep. (laughs) Tony Karitsis. Had visited the mortgage firm frequently over the past four years. Curiously, he was wearing only a cardigan sweater over his short sleeve shirt despite the frigid weather. With his left arm in a blue sling, Tony carried a department store box and what looked like a rolled up blueprint with his free arm. So he's at a mortgage company. Okay. Asking for a loan. Uh, I think he already has one. Oh. He told the receptionist that he wanted to see the chairman of Meridian Mortgage, M.L. Hall. However, the receptionist informed him that M.L. Hall was on vacation in Florida, where everyone should go when it's winter in Indiana. But Hall's son, Richard, would be in the office shortly. Tony said he'd be happy to wait. I'm scared. Dick Hall. And from now on, I will refer to Dick Hall as just Hall because you can't keep a straight face saying Dick over and over again. (laughs) Hall arrived at 8.08 a.m., and as he entered the office, he wasn't surprised to see Tony waiting for him. Hall was quite familiar with the talkative and sometimes overall suspicious client. He had witnessed many heated discussions between Tony and his father since Tony had taken out a loan from Meridian Mortgage to develop his property, which I think was at Rockville and Lyndhurst. It was 18 acres that he took out a loan to purchase. He asked Tony to come into his private office and noted the sling, recalling that Tony had been wearing the same sling a few days earlier at his last visit to the mortgage company. At that time, Tony had explained that he was going to have an operation on his arm. Hall asked how the surgery had gone, also noticing that Tony was carrying a suit box from a department store and rolled up blueprints about three feet long. He assumed the blueprints contained Tony's latest plans for what he wanted to do with his property and speedway. As Hall took off his overcoat and moved behind his desk, Tony asked if he could close the door, saying his jockey shorts were bothering him and that he wanted to adjust them. So basically, he needed to adjust, like... Adjust himself. Yeah, adjust himself, and he was... He had to shut the door. It was an unusual request, but Tony often said unusual things. Without giving it much thought, Hall allowed Tony to close the door while he looked through some documents on his desk. A few moments later... Hall looked up to see that Tony had taken his arm out of the sling and was pointing a gun at him, a thirty-eight pistol that he'd concealed within the sling. He ordered Hall to take off his suit, coat, and tie and sit in his chair with his back to Tony. Then from the suit box, Tony produced a sawed-off double-barrel shotgun with a length of steel cable that he used to wire the gun barrel to the back of Hall's head. The steel cable ran from around Hall's neck through the shotgun's trigger guard to a ring on Tony's index finger. If Hall or Tony accidentally fell, the shotgun would go off. If Hall tried to get away, if law enforcement tried to intervene, or if a sniper shot Tony, the shotgun would disintegrate Dick Hall's head. Does that make sense? He wired a shotgun to the back of Hall's neck. So he called it a dead man's line. It's like almost if someone was holding a grenade in their hand and pulled the pin and mm-hmm. it's like, if you shoot me, I'll let go of this grenade and it'll explode everything. But as long as I'm alive, I can hold the grenade, like, handle closed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that in a decent analogy? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't really understand how grenades work either. <laughs> so he had, in that time, he had 
enough time. Yeah, he slipped it. I'll have pictures too. I don't know if you can pull up a picture. So, so he, he put took... a, a wire around Dick Hall's neck. Oh, so He's... that wouldn't have taken that long. Yeah, just he had it all set up too. So it's a sawed-off shotgun. So the barrel sits right at the base of his neck, and but along the length of the the barrel of the gun comes down, and hooks on to like a ring on Tony's finger mm-hmm. and that's like attached to the trigger. Oh. So if you were to pull too hard, his finger would close on the trigger and you would essentially shoot yourself. Or if he pulled away from you or if you shot Tony, he his weight yeah, would. would pull down on the trigger. So there's no way that the one can get away from the other. And he kept, you know, it was his dead man's line. Well, that sucks. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> that rough sucks for him. For some, before 9 a.m., that's real rough. Okay. Damn. Yeah. And he was tight, tight on his neck. You can't move. Tony had also removed the gun's safety mechanism when he had sawed off the barrel and the stock. And now he that the wired up the gun, he had handed the safety to Hall. So he's like, just so you know, I fucking removed the safety on this thing and you're holding it. So you know for sure. Which is a federal offense. To saw it off too, right? Uh, there are certain alterations you cannot make to the gun. Well, you can. You can saw the barrel off. Really? Or p- people, you can buy a shorter barrel for mm-hmm. it. What would be the reason to saw it off? Because um, I hear this a lot, actually. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's it's uh, great joy. It brings me great joy. Does it quite, uh, to it, create? A... It creates a wider spray. Um, people will do it when they go like bird. I think when you go uh, shooting for bird, mm-hmm. but that's a different, like there's different shotgun rounds. But shortening it up makes it to where you can move around with it. Well, I guess I kind of. But you have sense. to have if you own a short-barreled rifle like that. I don't know if it's a hundred percent of the time because I'm not entirely sure of the law. But you have to register that with the government. They have to know you have it. But he legally al- illegally altered yes. the gun more so than he- likely. Yes, and yes. I don't. know. I'm assuming it was illegal then. Mm-hmm. But you can do it. You just have to. You have to get a tax stamp. Well, that makes sense if you like. It would take a lot longer to, I don't know, prepare if you had the things a lot longer. Yeah. Right. So. Well, and that's you how you have we, less control too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance with that barrel that that would have slipped up. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, uh, Tony then called the newly implemented nine one one emergency hotline. So they just got that. And what? He's like, I'm going to use this. <laughs> So when dispatch answered, Tony stated that he had taken a man hostage at gunpoint and proceeded to launch into the first of his numerous animated tirades against Hall and the Meridian Mortgage Company. So he would ramble on and he liked to say motherfucker, cocksucker, and fuck a lot. So like a normal yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> this place is only like two blocks east of the circle. Mm-hmm. It's real downtown. Hmm. Uh, but and he also kept asking for two police officers in particular that said he was friends with. So he's like, and he would rotate like, I'm not a danger to the police. Like those are my friends. Like they'll tell you I'm a, a real guy that I'm serious that I'm I'm not here to hurt the police. But you know these people just screwed me over so much. Well, but, I am here to hurt Mr. Hall though. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say you had the shotgun on his neck? Hey, let me tell you something, baby. I didn't come up here to get fucked around. Now, if you guys think you're going to get me out of here, if you got the SWAT team across the street, I'll open the fucking brakes. Because if they blow my fucking brains out, this fucking shotgun goes off because I got a dead bad line on the trigger. Now, we got three contact points. Now, listen, let me tell you something. I didn't talk to him and started fighting with the fucking brakes department, but I'll tell you one fucking thing. I didn't
I was a fucking demolition expert for the fucking army. I trained cadets at West Point, and I was a fucking booby cop expert. Now, if you think you can get this son of a bitch off of him without me getting what I want, you guys try it. Although that's not why I came here, David. You talk to those guys. If you think I'm a fucking bluffer, you better find out. This is what I want to find out, Tony. I want to see about the other officers. You don't have to go to the You talk to the man. You talk to me. I'm telling you, baby. I'm not a hard ass guy. I've never given anybody a shit in my life. Okay. But you got to remember, see, I'm thinking about these other officers. I just want to find out. I wouldn't shoot an officer. I don't have to shoot him. I don't want to kill an officer. There ain't no way. I've got a pistol in my back. They're not going to touch it. They ain't going to touch this fucking gun because they can't get to it. If they move for that fucking gun, I'm going to tell you this man dies. Yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble trying to listen to you and then... Well, that's right. Too, because well, they don't have to be scared. If you want me to, I'll walk him down. I, what I'd like to do is try to walk him out of here, but see some fucking hero is going to grab for me if I do. And when they grab for me, it's all over. Well, that's what we want. I've got number five shot in this fucking gun. He ain't got a fucking chance. Yeah, I'm just one minute and enraged or intensely sad the next tony seemed to have little control over himself the more he talked the more he revealed how great of a threat he posed two blocks east of ipd headquarters police were scrambling to get any information they could about the gunman at 904 a.m he hung up the phone and moved hall out of his office and into the lobby just as the first ipd officer ray brunk made it up the stairs to the fourth floor office uh, followed by Officer David Kaufman. Brunk had entered the fourth floor lobby to investigate the source of loud, agitated profanity, like I previously mentioned. Can and you demonstrate what it would have been? No, I can't. I can't do it. I'll have the audio in here. <laughs> uh, and they were near the elevators, which had been shut off, and he saw a man holding a shotgun near another man's head, and at first he thought he was dealing with a straightforward hostage crisis, so I'm assuming he thinks they're not tethered together. Tony seems to sense that Brunk is about to rush him, and he pulled the 38 out of his waistband and jammed the barrel into Brunk's stomach, saying, I want you to look at this, indicating the dead man's line. I don't think you understand just how serious this is. 
And he was like, no, I don't think I do. But now no, I do. No, there's I a, understand. There's a colored photo. Yeah. Is this actually the case? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel really bad for this guy. <laughs> Even with the 38 in his gut, Brunk focused on finding a way to disconnect Hall or disable Tony. But up close, he could see that the rig was too tight and the cable too thick. Brunk had no choice but to step back. So then Kaufman walked right up on Tony and put his own shotgun to Tony's head and trying to just like intimidate him to be like, look, I've got my own shotgun too and I'll just blow your fucking head off if you don't back down. But Tony was unfazed. He just kept talking, assuring the officers that he meant them no harm, adding, I like the police. (laughs) You're like, they don't like you right now. now. Then he ordered Officer Kaufman to clear the bottom floor of the police to clear the bottom floor of police and started marching hall down the four flights of stairs at 9 10 a.m and despite the temperatures hovering around 10 degrees hall and tony were coatless as they came out the front door onto east market street so i think people once they really were like looking out their windows and stuff because everyone's at work downtown it was probably lunchtime now yeah no, 9 a.m., but oh, everyone's okay. taking an early lunch. Okay. Everyone, everyone now, they know what's going on. They're taking an early lunch. Uh, but Tony made a mistake here that I would personally make for sure. A spelling error? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Instead of going right to where he parked his own car in a nearby lot, Tony headed left <laughs> and immediately seemed lost as he wandered west down Market Street, then south onto Pennsylvania. Oh, damn. Where the fuck am I? God damn it. Oh, he planned out everything else perfectly. I know. And he the, doesn't have an iPhone or GPS. No. He perf- he planned it out perfectly so that the wire was the perfect distance oh, and everything, yeah. but he never, he didn't check an atlas no. or a map. He's like, where'd I, that where'd is, I park that is my 100% car? That is 100% something you would do. What is it? Dude, where's my car? <laughs> uh, halfway down the block, he ducked into a parking garage where strangely, strangely, Tony ran into a man he knew. And I think he was like, hey, Tony, what's up? And he goes, hey, I've got a man held hostage here. Can I have your car? And he's like, oh, no, man. Like, we're no, not like, that I got I can't get involved, <laughs> man. No, we, we're not that good of friends. But I'll talk to you later, okay? <laughs> I think I'd have given him the car out of fear. Like, uh, uh, I know. (laughs) So he reemerged from the garage and steered Hall south through downtown Indianapolis. So he's basically wandering around. He's heading towards the White Castle. On South Street? He's heading that way. He's going south (laughs) on Pennsylvania. Yeah. South Street crosses. This is. It's funny. South Street runs east and west. Yes, it does. I never. Never made that make, connection. It makes no sense. Yes, it does. I, I guess so because it's the that's the street that runs right in front of where all the shit starts downtown. So I guess that mm-hmm. makes sense. But uh, you come outside and be like, "This is the worst parade I've ever seen." <laughs> that's what they called it. it was like a because okay now a growing number of police officers. So he'd be right now where he's walking. He'd be walking right up on Banker's Life. Mm-hmm. Okay, where yeah. yeah, where the Pacers play downtown. That's literally right, where he, right that's there, right where he'd be walking. Remind me to mention the paces at the end. Okay. Okay. Hey. No, not right now. <laughs> mention no, the paces sorry. at the end. Okay, by now a growing number of police officers and detectives have uh, arrived on the scene. Some clearing pedestrians out of the way ahead. Others followed Tony and Hall trying to learn what Tony wanted while also maintaining a reasonable distance. 
No one in any of the branches of law enforcement that would become involved had ever experienced anything like this. So no one had any hostage training, like nothing like this had happened. I think they said one captain, I think, had some a two-day training at something similar to hostage, but nothing like hostage negotiation tactics or anything like that. So there's video of them kind of just walking up to him with their hands out like, what the fuck do you want? Like, just tell us. And he's just rambling and ranting and raving. Damn. He cycled back and forth between frantic rage and odd bouts of respect. He talked about how he had lots of friends in law enforcement and that he meant no harm. Then he would flip a switch and Tony would start yelling that if the police didn't want Hall to die, they'd better stay the hell back, all while jerking Hall around. Nothing's Uh, worse than getting jerked off downtown. (laughs) (laughs) Out in public. Out in public. It also became clear that even if all that they did was shadow Tony, a natural accident could pose a threat. If the gun was wired up as tightly as it appeared to be, and if the shotgun was really loaded, which they had to assume that it was, then all it might take for it to discharge was one stumble. Because they have to stay evenly connected and not too far apart from one another. Yeah, he could just trip on something. I know, they were just walking around. and It's February, there could be ice, you know. Tony started walking Hall away, and then suddenly, enraged, he doubled back to chastise the police some more. And when he did, Tony swung Hall around with too much force. <gasps> what? This poor guy? I feel really bad. The momentum tripped Tony up and he stumbled, tugging hard on the dead man's line as he went down. Reacting out of instinct, some police officers drew their guns. Some prepared themselves for the double barrel to go off. And from the paralyzed look on Tony's face, the police knew he was expecting the same thing miraculously hall had squatted down when tony lost his footing if only one of them had fallen the tension on the cable would absolutely have triggered the gun so he just happened to fall so he had he had enough slack on this thing i don't think there was any slack i think he could just feel like but i mean he was able there was enough there that he was a there was a little bit of give i think because he couldn't have fallen perfectly with them I think if as long as they maintained level, yeah. then that kept right. it. And I think he got dragged around enough. He probably kind of got some experience with maintaining like yeah. where I should be. Like if he had tripped first thing, like walking outside with him, he might not have because he's been dragging him around for a while. I don't but know. Around 9.35 a.m., having walked over a half mile with the public watching the whole thing like a slow moving parade. <laughs> Um, and like the news anchors are all showing up they had just gotten their like remote cameras uh what do you call them news cameras like we think of them now nudes Nudes cameras cameras. they're in the nude you know on location cameras they had just gotten those so they're they're portable cameras portable thank you (laughs) (laughs) they had just gotten them so they're like chasing this story down and there was a big debate about how much to show and what not to show and people trying to get as close as they can with the police being like, get the fuck back, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, I guess that there's no protocol for... No. I, I would be interested to know what police protocol is if this ever would happen again. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, Tony and Hall reached Senate Street. Here, an IPD officer was standing out in the middle of an intersection and blocking traffic with his patrol car. 
Um, like an invitation, the driver's door was open and the motor was running. Tony seized the opportunity and moving toward the unoccupied cruiser, Tony then backed his way in through the driver's side of the cruiser and pulled Hall in after him. How is this even fucking possible? I don't know. I had to reread it a couple times. So he's stepping into the driver's side, backing in, you know, kind of sideways and then dragging Hall in behind him. And not shooting him at the same time. Uh, so he's putting Hall in the driver's seat. I can, seat. like, I'm not that coordinated. I don't mm. understand. With Tony in the passenger seat, he ordered Hall to drive west with their red lights flashing and a procession of police and media following close behind. No one had any idea where they were headed. Some assumed Tony was making a run for the airport, perhaps to leave the country or hijack a plane. But Tony Kritzis wasn't going on the run. Escape hadn't even crossed his mind. Not when everything he wanted was right here in Indianapolis. Wow. Which is something I say to myself all the every time. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Especially in February. <laughs> okay, where do you think he was going? Um, to Speedway. Yeah, to his property. Well, he had already walked to White Castle, so I'm trying to think where else in Indianapolis. Might have had to poop. Where's the best place to poop? The best place to this poop. This house, actually. The come and go. <laughs> Everyone's favorite place to poop besides Daniel. Home. Home. No, my favorite place to poop's at work. I'm sorry that yeah, you spend does... more time at work than you do at home. Well, that's neither here nor there. Well, that's, is it because no, it's a private bathroom? I, I, don't like, I don't like my toilet. I'm sorry. The way it's the way I sit on the toilet and there the way go. it is. The toilet. My wiener hits the, the bowl. Yeah. Oh no. Not the water, just the side of the bowl. My toilet's too long. It is. Both Does of the it hit your are wiener? too long. <laughs> <laughs> you give me a paper cut on my toe, I'm gonna sorry. be mad. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll give you twenty bucks, you give her a paper no, cut. No, on no, 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 no. I should have bet you that I could start that lawnmower. Yeah, you should have. I should have. I couldn't. I don't know what it was. Unless, you didn't pump the button enough. Yeah. Which is a common male the damn problem. button. Yeah, but you can pump. <laughs> Challenge. Let me have that. Let me have that. Challenge. Let me, have that. Let me just accepted. have my moment. Let me have that moment. No, no, no. I just made a funny. Challenge That's all I did. Accepted. accepted. <laughs> you know what? I beg to differ. I know. I'm not. I beg like, to differ. This is a That's common male problem. I didn't say it was your problem. It is yeah. not your problem. <laughs> Only when it comes to lawnmowers. I'm crying. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> hit, I hit that damn primer like 25 times <laughs> and it didn't do anything. So <laughs> that is what he said. Yes. <laughs> it didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. <laughs> okay. I could do it. I could do it. Okay. So he, he went home. To Crestwood Village Apartments. Where that? I think it's on the west side. Yes. Oh, I was... Cr okay. I see him every May. One time. That's in Speedway, isn't it? One time a year. I think so. Is that... We, we just said Speedway was on the east side, but maybe it's not so much. No, I was wrong. It's on the west side. I don't know my direction. Because his property is Rockville and Lynnhurst. Oh, wait a second. There's a Crestwood Village South Side. That's where I've seen that. Okay. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's a village. That's an apartment name. They're all ridiculous. Yeah. Because this is out, this is outside the 460. So, yeah. This is outside the loop. Okay. Oh, wait. I take that back. We do drive by this place on our way to the race. 
Okay. Now you know. Is it it's still anything there. worth it's up, riding home about? It, well, the route we take into the race, which is super duper top secret. I'm not fucking telling anybody. No, no, no. You no, can't. No. You can't because just... more and more people are doing it, but mm. we still get in. But it's along that route. So okay. Tony held Dick Hall hostage for sixty. Tony held Dick. Yes, Tony <laughs> held Dick hostage for sixty three hours God, in his apartment. Damn. Hopefully he at least undid that. That's the, just rude. But I don't I don't know. I just would have said, Well, I, I, I will hook it back on when we go Oh God, no, I wouldn't even want to do that. I'd say just fucking zip tie me to something, dude. Don't well, do not make me sleep with this fucking gun tied to my head. Okay, so during this time he, I'd have had the nervous farts too real bad. Oh, yeah. Like, I would have just tied me to the bathroom. You know what would have been like kind of mo- cool? Like like you'd be like, I'm gonna shit myself and then like do it on purpose so it like stinks. Oh, I would have farted all over all over that man's and I think he read front. I read that he moved his apartment to mimic the layout of Hall's office at the mortgage company so he knew how much space he had to work with when he took him hostage. Yeah, that's psycho. But I think I have a picture of it too. So during this time, he made frequent calls to 1070 WIBC, a radio station, and he talked to newsmen. 1070 WIBC. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. He could work there. He talked to Fred Heck. Again, that's something in May. I listen to WIBC almost every day. That and 1070 is the sports talk radio in town. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Hmm. 1070 the fan. I don't know if I figured out why he called Fred Heckman, who I believe now is dead. And he wanted to talk to him, and he wanted him to broadcast their conversation. So he would talk to him, and then Tony would listen to it, too. So he couldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm airing it, and then but not be. He wanted to hear himself on the radio. So You're going to have like a lot of uh, feedback on that. Yeah, you need to. You're, uh, you you're going to hear it, and then it's going to give you one of those like, so I think snipers and everything were around the apartment and I'm and he had said his apartment was rigged with explosives and there were wires and everything everywhere so the police couldn't just like barge in without fear of everything going off. There was a weight in the middle of the apartment that Tony would chain haul to when he got tired of holding the shotgun to his neck. Tony had some donuts and he offered Hall one. Hall said, "Tony, I don't eat donuts." I have a weight problem, and I don't want to to gain any pounds. Tony looked at him and said, don't worry about it. We'll just get an extra pallbearer. (laughs) The fuck, Tony? (laughs) He's depraved. At that point, I would have said, you're right. Give me two. I would have been like, give me a motherfucking donut. Give me a fucking donut. That better be a Long's donut. Yeah. God. There better not be no piece of shit, Johnny. Give me my motherfucking donut. Long's donut. Damn it. Oh, those sound good. Yeah. You get yeah. them fresh, they just fucking melt. Oh, God. <laughs> Everyone just have a moment for a long donut. Just a moment of silence, please. For the donut. I could eat a whole box. Don't do that. So, there's been a lot of time on the radio. I think they credit uh, Heckman for talking him down. The And he isn't a hostage negotiator. 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 But... Uh, but if he talks for a living, he'd probably yeah. be pretty good at it. And talking to people, it's impressive. Finally, a lawyer uh, said that Hall agreed to sign a document stating that he had mistreated Tony. 
and would pay $5 million to Tony and that he would not be prosecuted or even arrested. So Tony had payments due on his mortgage, like, uh, and he couldn't pay it. And he was saying that they were after him and fighting away clients and, you know, on and on and on about how he's the little guy and they're sticking it to him. So, I don't and know, really, man. I don't think the mortgage company did anything besides he take out a loan and wasn't able to pay, make his loan payment. I was going to say, this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, when you do that, you Which just have to make your payments. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds a little over dramatized mm-hmm. by Mr. Tony. Tony then held a speech at MS Communication on Monument Circle in front of live TV cameras declaring himself a goddamn national hero. His speech became so emotional that some journalists <laughs> was it like when Randy Randy and all them took over the federal ex- the FedEx because yeah. they thought Ameri- the Federal Express was owned by the federal government. <laughs> Does it bother you that this company has nothing to do We're with it? Over- yeah. <laughs> How do you feel the Federal Express has nothing to do with the federal government? It doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> so he he made all he waited. So he's standing there with Hall still attached to the shotgun. He was gonna force Hall to read this statement. And but he's like, here, read this. And he's like, wait, is everyone recording? Is everyone up? And I'll put the audio of this in. And he would stop and start and stuff, and then be like, hey, you, come over here. You're a good buddy of mine. Come over here. Hey, you. Like, be like I we're friends. Refrain. You're a good friend. And I need it's to like, refrain from now, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Come again. Turn the goddamn cameras on. I'm going to show you something. Read that, pal. Read it. Turn the cameras on all three you hold it. I want on national television. I've been called a kidnapper, an extortionist, a thug, and everything else. I want it on all three national channels. I've got friends all over the country. You read it. February 10th. Okay, listen a little, Tony. Where are the cameras? I want them to see this guy. God damn it, you guys are those... Go back, get out of the way. Where's Mr. Where's Mr. Heckman? Come here, Fred. You're a hell of a man, baby. Where's my brother Jimmy? He's coming. He's Hi, Mark. Come here. Hi, baby. You guys be good and quiet. We'll let this gentleman read that. He goddamn near made me blow his goddamn brains out. Jimmy. I'm the only motherfucker mean enough to have withstood this without having a goddamn stroke or a heart attack. Hold it. Are we on all three? All three? Yes. Put it on them, pal. We're partners in this. By the way, hold it. Where's Mr. Gallagher? Hi, Bobby. Come here, Bob Young. You're my buddy. He's this man seen me suffer and die right there asking Where's Mr. Gallagher? Chief, all I've got in them bottles is gasoline. I just wanted to fry the son of a bitch. But I had a rig, pal. Don't you shit yourself none. Okay, read it. February 10th, 1977. This statement is being made to try and state the items that Mr. Kerensis alludes to as being the illegal... Hold it. I want this goddamn thing understood. I'll read it. 
February 10th, 1977. I'm going to grab the water. This statement is being made to try and state the items that Mr. Caruthers alludes, and I don't like that word. I charge, and they've admitted it. Alludes to as being illegal and unethical acts of the Hall group. Number one, Eisner Osco. He's all right. Be cool, Tony. He's all right. This lease negotiation approved the Caritza site and had a definite interest in building there. We showed Ida Roscoe other sites, but to date they have not made any commitments to the best of our knowledge. Although we, the Hall Group, will use our best efforts to secure same if there is a proven interest. Number two. Eisner Roscoe, by the way, was my tenant. Give me a drink, pal. Give me a drink. Good enough? All right. Go easy. Yeah, and I'm sober, friends. I had six drinks in 1976, and I haven't had any this year. And I don't miss them a fucking bit. Marsh. This possible lessee was very interested in the Caritza site. We also showed them. We also showed them other sites. It is our understanding that Marsh built on another site, which we had nothing to do with. That's because they couldn't steal them. Number three, Standard Grocery was very interested in the Caritza site. We showed them other sites. Number four, Restaurant. This was presented to us and was potentially a good business deal, but we found it impossible to agree on terms satisfactory to our best interest, their best interest. I went up there to borrow money to build a 10,000-foot restaurant that would have grossed between a million and two million bucks a year, and these motherfuckers shopped it to somebody else. I had a lessee who guaranteed me $100,000 a year rent plus 10% over a million dollars, and I could have built the building for two hundred and twenty thousand bucks, and put a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment in it. Number five. Listen to this one. It's almost funny. This trooper right here, come here, Mark. A hell of a good friend of mine. A lot of friends of mine here. Seen me, has seen me about every night for three or four years out in a couple of restaurants around here having coffee. Too goddamn desperate to do anything else, so goddamn mad couldn't think good, and he always wondered what was wrong. Now he knows. Right, Mark? Yeah. Hell of a man. Good cop, this guy. Good cop. Oh, this goddamn thing ought to go off. This son of a bitch is not good enough to die. Give me that. I'll give it to you, Tony. I made a mistake here on this instrument. I see that right now. How'd you get that wet, John? I'm sorry. Hold that. Hold that. Sure, Ben. I got Number five. I, I never like no writing. You believe that? Believe it. I hate it. But I had to do this. They had my mug shot on Channel 6 tonight. I don't know where they dug that goddamn photo up. I ain't too pretty, but I don't think I ever looked that bad that day. Maybe I did. Yes, sir. Number five. First Federal Savings and Loan Association. We killed the loan for Mr. Caritas at this savings and loan. We felt that if this loan was approved, our possibilities in this property would be diminished. Well, I tell you, you guys, I tell you what, Dick, when this is over, you can go to the mafia and make millions of dollars. They, they, they'll recruit you. No shit. They like, they like guys like you.
Number six. I don't even know what this one says. It's not important after that. Payoff due at the present time. We concluded in 76 that immediate real estate development in this case was not probable in 77 and possibly not even in 78. We are, we are requesting that the loan be paid in full. Of course, if the $130,000 loan is not paid by August 1, 1977, parenthesis, final foreclosure date, we will own the property, which have a which should have a minimum value of three hundred to six hundred thousand dollars. Been appraised for three hundred and seventy five hundred to seventy two thousand dollars. Now, what they're saying, there, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, is that they had Eisner Roscoe lined up, and Eisner Roscoe, uh, for business reasons, finally they they were undecided. They finally decided they would call a moratorium on development in this area. When they discovered that this was the case, they strung me along before they renewed me this last year. When they when they discovered that Idrosco definitely was not going to build, then they went ahead and renewed my mortgage for a year. But they wanted to keep me on that string and have me in default. If Idrosco decided to build, this brave young man and his father would have said, Tony, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Because you're a nice fella and basically really, really love you. We wouldn't hurt you for anything. We'll take the cream. We'll take the front 10 acres there for 130000 and you can have the back seven for all the hog shit. His speech became so emotional that some journalists thought he would shoot Hall, so they terminated the live broadcast. Eventually, however, Tony released Hall. To prove that the gun had been loaded, he fired it into the air and was immediately arrested. That's, uh... <laughs> well, you can add reckless endangerment to his, uh... His rap sheet there. No, yeah. you said I wouldn't be arrested. Yeah, no, like, oh, no, no, yeah, for like, holding someone hostage. Right, but, but... <laughs> you fired a gun into the air, <laughs> yeah. which is illegal. So we have terms. To All those you. little pellets that are going up will come down. And I think they said, you know, and Hall like hit the ground. Everyone, it scared the crap out. I think I read one that said he shot it into a window, but it either was the air or the window. And to be like, see, it's loaded. And, be like, and he started to laugh maniacally. Cool, bro. Like, you're a psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, during he went on and on in his speech, eventually grabbed the paper from Hall because Hall wasn't reading it with enough enthusiasm. You all need his, more gusto. <laughs> yeah. All his demands that he wanted, going that he was the little guy, blah, 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 and all this stuff. Well, people were kind of outraged that he was arrested because people agreed with him that he was uh, being taken advantage of by a big company. I don't know, man. I don't think they had anything out for him specifically. It would have been anyone. Mm-hmm. So I asked mom and dad, and dad remembered watching it on TV because they interrupted. You know, it was on wow, every channel. They had TV back then. Yeah, one Just channel, <laughs> and it interrupted like a sport or not sport, a, an award show of some sort. Like you know, to show the this, Oscars, maybe something. When was it? February. 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 Oh yeah, the Oscars probably mm-hmm. interrupted or that the S- Super Bowl. Yeah, I doubt that. They wouldn't have cut in on the Super Bowl no, for that. No, you're right. And then they realized they're in a, this guy might shoot this guy in the head. So you've got live TV, uncensored. He was saying, motherfucker, cocksucker, fuck this, fuck that. Uncensored live TV streaming into the living room of boys and girls everywhere. This, I think this was before the FCC. Mm-hmm, and it, they might literally see someone's head get blown off at point blank range. And so it kind of brought into question ethics when well, it came to newscasting. There was a, um, I'm trying to think who it was. 
it was either right before it had been right before or right after this happened there was a congressman or a mayor or a city councilman something like that and i can't remember it was either pennsylvania or chicago but the guy basically had been busted for embezzling mm-hmm. and was going to go to he was going to go to prison and he held a press conference that was everyone thought he was coming up to resign and during his press conference, he pulls a gun out, puts it in his mouth, and pulls the trigger. What? During a, lo- uh, during a press conference. See, with that, the news would have no way of knowing. Yeah, so they have the whole video oh, of it, though. Yeah, like this, this one, they were all just the set news up. news knew that this could be a potential, and they're like, it's too good, you can't look away. I can't So the, the prosecutor, the state prosecutor, was in California for a conference, and he, I think, was only like 27 years old or something. He was really young, so they had to put the face of an older individual out as to represent the department because they wanted to give the appearance of experience Mm -hmm. but at trial psychiatrist said he was psychotic and in a paranoid delusional state during the hostage incident he was found not guilty by reason of insanity but he did not go free he spent the next 11 years in mental institutions he would have gone free after six months if he agreed to additional psychiatric testing and probably medication, but he wouldn't do it. And I was like, so that kind of almost tells me that he really was mentally ill. Yeah. So and this is why you don't need a stigma around mental illness. No. So I think people seek treatment. Because, hell, if you think about any sort of mass shooting, there's always one common denominator, untreated mental illness. illness. Typically. I... For I'd the say, most part, I'd say that's agree a... with that. But like, if we're talking, oh yeah, if you go like look at some type mass of high school psychic. shooters, yeah, like, oh, they need help. Oh, you needed just some, and there were warning treatment. signs that people ignored. Oh yeah, and it's not hard to ignore them. It's not mm-hmm. hard. And so this guy, they think they labeled him insane, and he didn't want to be. He didn't want to present that defense. He didn't want it because he thought he was right. He wanted to plead not guilty, and his defense was like, "Oh no, if we're not he, doing that." If he got a, uh, if he got an insanity, or if they, if there was something uh, linked to insanity on his record, they wouldn't let him own a shotgun anymore. <laughs> and he's like, "I need to own at least two. <laughs> That's makes me really, yeah, it makes you think. So maybe we, you are not mentally stable. They speculated he'd seen movies like Taxi. Is it Taxi Driver or Taxi with? Taxi. Taxi and Hawaii Five-0 that had a scene about a hostage with duct tape shotgun to the back of someone's neck. And with characters that are kind of like down and out with the little guy, you know, standing People up People are big always man. inspired by movies. And then, because he has this appearance of being like that. Like where if you see him on the video clip where you're like, you, f- I feel like you're acting like a movie character almost. And he's probably seen the one, the bird who flew over the cuckoo's nest or whatever it is. So they think he had a big fear of lobotomies. So that you've declared me insane. What's to say if I agree to psychological testing that you won't perform a lobotomy on me against my will? Weren't those kind of ruled out by that time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you don't know that if you're paranoid delusional. That's true. So it's so the thing, <laughs> he was a Pontiac car salesman on Keystone <laughs> before this happened. And he went back to selling you know, cars. This and is why. After, after in 1988, years? when he got out, he went back to selling cars. This is why 
this doesn't happen at a car dealership because those people are all from within. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> welcome them all. Like, come back, sell cars. Why not? You know. Did it say where he went back to work? Mm-mm, I tried to figure it out. He lived quietly in an apartment on the city's west side, and he was found dead there of natural causes in January of 2005 at the age of 72. Mr. Kirgi. It's, it's hard. Mr. Chrysler. <laughs> Critsits. You know what, though? Nowadays, nowadays, that'd be a good advertising tool for yourself. You'd probably get quite the following. Oh, yeah. yeah. People wanting to come buy cars from you. So uh, Dick Hall had been a rising business leader, and he faded from view and fell on hard times. His father, the founder of Meridian Mortgage, and two older brothers all died within three years of the kidnapping. With mortgage rates in 20% range, the real estate market staled and Hall's business shrank, and then him and his wife divorced. Yeah, like it, this ruined his life to some degree. And I think they said he never spoke of it, never spoke of it ever again. I don't even think to his family. And so he had to have some type of PTSD, maybe more. And I believe he was in the Navy, and I think more so than he was in the Navy had PTSD from this, but he just decided he was never going to speak of it until 2017. He's like 82 years old, wrote a book. I stole a lot of this information from their website. Caritzis and me enduring 63 hours at gunpoint. So go order that book. What's going on inside the apartment? He shifted the shotgun around to where it was right in my face, and he sat it on the edge of a table, and we sat at the dining room table, and... Uh, we started having uh, early on. He, he said, "Dick, we're gonna we're gonna have a jury trial, and I'm gonna be the judge, the jury, and the executioner." And uh, he had a list of file cards. As I understand, later on there was about a hundred questions he had on the file file cards, and he wanted me to answer why this happened, why that happened. You talked to your wife and your dad. I said, "Dad, I said uh, we've wronged Kritzis." I said, and we got to do something to make it right. And uh, my dad responded, we didn't do anything wrong. And uh, and Kritzis was not listening. That was the first conversation. But he, he must have seen the look on my face because I thought, Dad, I don't, that's not the answer I was looking for. But I also said uh, to my wife, um, Tony's really a, a good man. He's got a good heart. And he got very agitated at that. He grabbed the phone. He told her, he said, I got a black heart and I'm this and that and so forth. I'm a, a mean guy. He used to comment from time to time that, that look at my, how steady my hand is. He said, if you were dealing with somebody else, you'd be a dead man by now. But look look how steady my hand is. And he put it on the trigger and kind of taunting me in a way. I, I kind of had a sense that we were becoming buddy-buddy about the third day. And... Uh, I had conversations with him, and and, uh, and he'd show some remorse. What were you feeling when it was all over and you were free and you were no longer in danger? I think I was in kind of a trance at that point. I don't remember too much. I don't remember too many feelings. I was obviously, I was somewhat elated that it was, I think I had a little trouble accepting that it was all over, actually. I think it's probably affected my life more than I really think. I, uh... We never know. None of us ever know what's going to happen. So you just got to really live with it. But uh, I, I certainly have uh, have been af- affected. Because I what's it called? Caritzis and me. Caritzis and me. I and thought, and then during... you said the number. I was like twenty three and me. What? No, and during sixty three hours at gunpoint. 
So <coughs> sorry, but so he's finally wrote a book about it, and he was like, you know, well, okay. So if you think if something like that happened today, like that person would turn around and use that. Oh yeah, to I help them back but- then. They didn't tell you, like, this is cathartic. If you write this, if you tell people about it, like, it'll help you. If you bottle it all up and you never say anything, then, like, it's going to eat away at you. That, and people are going to want to read it, and you're going to make money off of it, Mm -hmm. so you don't have to keep suffering. Yeah, so I think that people blamed him. Okay, the Pacers, when they announced the verdict, they announced it, like, at a Pacer game, and people cheered. So they wanted him to not mm-hmm. get found guilty. It was like they said it out 80-20, the cheers outweighed the booze. And so this what? guy, Dick Hall, is like, like this dude held me at gunpoint for not doing anything for 63 hours. For just doing my job. Yeah. Which isn't like a bad job or anything. No. It's just a mortgage company. Everyone hates paying bills. Hey, everyone hates the taxes. You don't everyone think the people it. that work there know that? Yeah. They're just doing what they have to do. I was looking up to see if the Pacers... If Market Square Arena was open and it was. Mm-hmm. So, so they wanted like they wanted the yeah, crazy guy to go free. Yeah. And he would have, which isn't right, because just because you're mentally ill doesn't mean you shouldn't get treatment, but he wouldn't partake in his own treatment. And Yeah, it just is like concerning. Like I don't what if he went after his like phone company next or something? Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm coming for the phone company. No more bills. <laughs> Um, the other interesting thing during trial, so the, uh, jury members are deliberating or, you know, having lunch in a separate cafeteria. One of the jury members starts to choke. So another jury member is performing the Heimlich maneuver on that jury member. Carla, that's where you walk up to somebody and you lick between their ass crack. Heim. The Heimlich. Lick. <laughs> the Heimlich. So the next and time go, someone's choking. Whatever whatever's it might work. comes out. Actually... It could work. <laughs> so, who is walking by but Tony Karitsis's brother, who I can't remember his name except for the last name part, who is running for sheriff. You mean Tony. Tony Karitsis's brother's name. His brother's name's Larry. Yeah, we'll call him Larry. Larry is running Did for. Did you just call him Larry? You just said Larry. No, I didn't. You didn't say Tony. I never said Larry. I, we, I don't, honestly, re- I don't know. We I can't can rewind. rewind. You said Larry. Tony's brother. Larry is running for sheriff. <laughs> so is of his brother's Brown name County. Larry or not? It's Larry Kuritsitz. It might be John. <laughs> so any He's any running, basic name. <laughs> okay, listen to me. He's running for sheriff of Brown County. He just happens to be walked by, runs over, performs a Heimlich on a jury member, saves his, so his life. His brother licked someone. And so else's then bite. the uh, then the <laughs> the judge has to ask them, "Can you remain impartial? Because this is the defendant's brother that saved one of y'all's lives." Oh my and they're God. like, "Sure, we can." You got to think if you're the person who got their life saved by this dude's brother that you're like, "I got to vote." Like. I can't. I can't. He just saved my life, man. I can't just. I'm sorry. It's just the will of the world. Thanks for licking my butt. (laughs) (laughs) I think another thing they said. What the fuck? They would have declared a mistrial one of these days. Yeah. They were like, oh, that fucker choked. End of end. We're starting over. Who cares how much taxpayer dollars it wastes? So the other big thing that this did. At the time of the trial, Indiana law required the prosecution to disprove the defendant's claim of insanity. So they had to prove that the defendant was sane. So all you had to do is walk up and go, I'm crazy. And the prosecution had to prove that you uh, were. No, you're not. And here's not why. Not crazy. Yeah. Oh, they didn't have a lot going for And them. crazy 
and you had to be sane beyond a reasonable doubt too. Directly. Well, that's kind of insane because the lawyers have a degree in law mm-hmm. and not in psychology. Nope. So the defense did a really good job with him. They brought up a lot of psychiatrists that did a really good job, were like clear and concise and spoke in plain English. And then when uh, Dick Hall got up, he was cold and withdrawn, probably because he's fucking pissed, you know, like you can't victim like nowadays we know that victims don't react a certain way and all how you would expect, like some juries is like, well, he didn't cry. It's yeah, like, well, he's a grown man and he's pissed because everyone's rooting for the guy that held him hostage. Mm-hmm. So he ought to have been mad too. Yeah. yeah, his defense team did a really good job because of the way the law is set up. That I just have to say that my client is bonkers, and the uh, prosecution has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he's not. Well, as a direct result of this trial and the trial of John Hinckley Jr., do you recognize that name? John, H- the John Hinckley Jr. I think he tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Shit. Kill Ronald Reagan. I think you should check double check I, me. I can't I can't think of Ronald Reagan now without thinking of uh, Mrs. Baskets. Mm-hmm. What's that? You never seen the show Baskets? No. Do you like Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. You yeah. should give it a chance because I, do you do you know who Louis Anderson is? I, that's I don't old. know. It's but anyways, it's a guy dressed up the as guy, a woman. Uh, his mother uh, in the film is a mother, man. and he does such a good job. You almost forget. Have it's you ever a man. seen Coming to America? Yes, just recently. Okay, love so that movie. the other guy who works in the McDowell's. <laughs> McDowell's. Yeah, that has the the kind of the buck teeth. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the gap. Who walks in and he goes, uh, "There's somebody here to see you. Are they from McDonald's? I don't think so. That guy, <laughs> the other guy that works the counter, that's Louis Anderson." Okay. But he plays his mother in this and it's fucking hilarious, but she you has this obsession with woman. Ronald That's Reagan. Not a woman. Kill Ronald Reagan. Kill Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Hang on, let me look it up. Ronald Reagan was a uh, the attempted assassination was right before the national title game. And that was the year IU beat Syracuse. What year was it? Uh 1981. Damn. I think it was Syracuse. Who did it? John Hinkley Jr. Okay, I was double checking. If you're assassinating someone, you must have three names. But you know why John Hinkley Jr. tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan? You don't? No. That's the best part. Was it because of a movie? No, because he wanted to impress, well, kind of, he wanted to impress Jodie Foster. Foster, yes. 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 Now, the irony all these years later is Jodie Foster's gay. Yeah. That is. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Sorry, irony. pal. Oh, the irony of it all. So, so, directly as a result of Kritz's trial in the trial of John Hinckley Jr., Indiana, among other states, revised their law to place the burden of proof for insanity pleading defendants squarely on the shoulders of the defense. So, from here on out, if you're crazy, you better be able to prove it. Yeah. It makes I a take lot that back. Sense, it's taxi driver. Oh, taxi okay. driver. It's taxi driver. Okay. Everyone is correcting us in their heads going, God damn it, they can't it's hear me. It's taxi driver. <laughs> I've never... I, I only looked at the list. They had a list of stuff they kind of attributed his behavior to, potentially. Not, you know, in no theory. Proof, yeah. Just Well, this yeah. guy was... They said that was part of why this guy tried to do watch it. watch a movie and think, like, what if someone tries to do this? He, like, personified a lot of Robert... All the time. Like, I think about... What if Thanos actually wants to get the Infinity Stones? They can't have him. I've got him in my jewelry drawer. 
That's hard to say. Along we, with all my This is what we did. We gave the Infinity Stones to Danielle and said, don't lose these. And I get no problem. And now, <laughs> no one's going to find them. <laughs> and they can't even torture me for where they are because I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they had a list of movies they think contributed to like his personality because he kept saying hey baby yeah you like yeah baby come here and it was like uh i don't know what it was robert de niro playing a character that used that phrase or this and that they think that he collected different personality but also clearly he was off his rocker because he was declared insane and therefore not guilty so it actually sounds like this dude probably was yeah and at first when i was thinking about it i was like no i was like he planned this and the none of the explosives were real in his apartment you know, and he willingly walked down and, you know, all the and at one point they said the police had like one police chief had a red handkerchief in his pocket. And if he brought it out, he wanted everyone to like duck because he was going to shoot the fucker. Like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> if I pull where like, where is he standing? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just read like, that. I'm just going to he's like, looking at me. I'm going to nonchalantly yeah, and it, pull this out. At one point he started to and everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they're like, like what he, if he pulled it out because he needed to blow his nose no, and like, yeah. like, do we shoot? And I guess if he puts the snot back, and one in guy his was supposed to know. reach in for the shotgun and point it as far up as he could, and I was like, it'll just give him Nowadays, a nice buzz cut. Everyone has a radio in their ear. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. No, it no. was. I mean, they. Learned, I don't know what the, I don't know what they would do nowadays. The police learned so much. News crews learned so much from. Oh, this. I'm sure like, that I'm sure everything. Um, it wouldn't have been IMPD. It just would have been the Indianapolis Police, Police Department. Department. I had an then. impulse to change it. I was like, they're not saying it right. But it wasn't. It was just IPD. Yeah. Um. Did you watch that Netflix series about the the guy that was hooked up to the bomb? I listened to it on True Crime Obsessed. That just um, kind of takes me back. Like, I didn't watch it. I heard it. Honestly, I heard it wasn't very good. The series. I think it's because there's... It takes you back to the time you strapped yourself to a bomb. Yeah. To I what? can't think about that. It. I think there's no resolution at the end. Like, they still don't know who did it, so they don't oh, yeah, like the she series. Kept, she was, there was a crazy woman involved. But this makes me kind of think of that, because... Yeah. Is that the evil geniuses? Yeah, yeah. evil genius, okay. that's what yeah. it's called. Yeah, and she wouldn't admit, and she knew, but she I was I thought it was on their list of... Like, we started watching The Ranch last night. If you like... Uh, that's on Netflix. Ashley Kutcher? Yeah. That's Have you a seen funny, it? And like, Danny Masterson. Okay, so yeah, do you like, like uh, did you like like Two and a Half Men and shows like that? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, give it a shot. And, but they, get but they, can say, they can say fuck. And it startled and me. And show <laughs> partial nudity, but not real nudity. But it's, I was like, did he just say fuck? Yeah. What the fuck's on your feet? I don't know. He's I'll wearing give it a Uggs. try. What the fuck's Ugg on boots. your feet? What the fuck are you on your feet? Goes, I'll give it a boots. try. I don't it's know, Sam Elliott. They're both in... That 70s show together, and that's just yeah, so Danny high up on my list. Is a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. Why is he a piece of He's sexually assaulted. That's the guy assaulted. who sexually, he sexually... Was it just one girl? Not that makes No, I it think any... it's more than one. Okay, Aww. I was going to say, I thought he was a serial... He, he was a Bill Cosby. Yeah. The younger he, guy? And he's also a Scientologist. The younger guy? Oh... Well, why are you? Why is everyone hating on this man because of his religion? It's not a religion. I hate it's when science people attack fiction. people for their religious beliefs. It's science it's, fiction. It's odd. I don't know. Once I heard it's that, I had to release. What are what were his thetan levels <laughs> after <laughs> after, after he, he raped? Assault. Because maybe that's how he was doing this to a suppressive person. Is uh, what he was doing. Well, that's so justified. they probably deserved it. 
I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. If we, yeah, if we go to the Scientology. We're going to get sued now. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably. Allegedly. Allegedly. I just, well, I did. Then I, when I heard all of this, I had to remove the fact that he was a piece of shit and I still really liked the show. I didn't realize it was that guy. Mm-hmm. When you said it, I was picturing someone else, but I have a problem with names and faces unless they're serial yeah. killers. Hide. Yeah. And the problem is, he's re- you know, he's you younger. you wonder that how many actors or actresses do you watch and you're like, you really like them and their performances, but in all reality, they're a fucking Was asshole. he convicted of anything? Uh, I- there was somebody and they, they do something to where they meet celebrities. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they work for a television station or radio or blah, 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 blah. But they basically said that. You don't want to meet your favorite I, celebrity. No, you never do. No. Mm-mm, it'll ruin Unless it. they're an IndyCar driver. Yeah, those it's are different. Pro- they're that's all probably different. highly different. Yeah, that's different. Athletes, I feel like, are different. Uh, no, because I feel like if you... I don't know. You meet a guy like LeBron James or something at the stadium. Now, granted, if you get to meet him, it, that's been arranged. Yeah. but yeah. LeBron James, but if you like... If you ran oh, into him, I've in met public, like George Hill before. Tell him what LeBron really James nice. is doing, because it's nice. It's a nice thing. Oh, to his end school. On. Yeah, yeah. He started a school in Akron before he left town to go to the Lakers. Well, it's a nice parting but gift. But he's uh, he's paying. For, I don't know how many kids it is, but he started a school to where basically it's free tuition. So it's basically it's a private school. So these kids will be getting a good education. He's going to be feeding, and it's for low income families. He'll be feeding them breakfast, lunch, and I think a snack before they go home. And if there's there's more than that that they're fucking doing for the kids. But if they if they graduate and get accepted into um, Akron, I don't know if it's the University of Akron or Akron University, but not sure. They have D one football and basketball, so they're at least that big enough. Or they're that big. Um, he'll pay for their college all four That's years. That's dope. That's yeah. Yes, but have you seen the meme? With LeBron next to Michael Scott, mm-hmm. Scott's tots. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Do he Katie promises Tots? a classroom full of kids that he's going to pay for their to- college tuition? No, uh, and then he has to go back to the classroom and tell him that he doesn't have any money. Okay, I don't remember that. Um, that's a that's in there. That episode truly made me uncomfortable. But he promises a bunch of kids, like. Well, they were talking I about vaguely, tater tots. I vaguely remember. I was it. like, "What do tater tots have to do with no, this?" It's like it's Scott's tots, and they're finally like on this episode. They're finally seniors in high school, and they're so excited. And he's like, <laughs> he goes and he's like, "I have no money." Congratulations! But he brings him all laptop chargers. <laughs> now I think I remember this. <laughs> Instead of it, he was like, got, "I got you guys brand new laptop chargers." chargers. <laughs> And our promo for this week is from Dumb and Busted. So don't be dumb. Don't get busted. Just listen to Dumb and Busted with Hannah and Allison. What podcast brings you true stories of exceptionally smart and insanely dumb crimes every week? Dumb and Busted, obviously. But Hannah, where is your one-stop shop if you want to hear about a killer nurse, a pervy arsonist, or a group of hella old dudes breaking into a vault? Dumb and Busted, Allison, come on, seriously? We host the show together. Okay, last question. Where can I go if I need to hear the number one song of 1999, I Want It That Way? What? 
the Backstreet Boys album Millennium? How did we even get on this tangent? Oh, okay. Sorry for being the only one who's ever fallen victim to their tight harmonies and timeless songs. Anyway, please listen and subscribe to Dumb and Busted on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Crime you later! Rate, review, subscribe with five stars or go away. Alrighty. Well, long you I think we got off track. Was there anything to end that? I think that was. I'm it. just saying alrighty because it's eight thirty. Yeah. Okay. I gotta. I gotta go. How long did we I gotta talk? go pick How up long your dad and take him on How long his did walk. it go? How long did it go? An hour and ten. Okay. That's I mean good. that's good. Did you? Was there anything? No, I think I got it. On that, it changed a lot of stuff. Changed some laws. The police. Well, the I mean, news. I, it was really impactful, and no one died. Sorry. <laughs> Not sorry. I mean, almost homicide. Almost homicidal. Still, I it's feel really bad for that. It guy. is true. We say we're true crime, and this was true, and it was in fact a crime. Yes. However, no one got convicted for it. No, but he spent <laughs> a lot of time in institution. Eleven years. Yeah. And I don't know how non-compliant he was. That if they're like, dude, the testing will take thirty minutes, and some pills, and you just take one every day, and you can leave. Oh, it's time to go. We gotta go. I think that's all we have in this world is that right there. But oh, I think I wanted to say by the time you hear this, our dad would have Carla and I's dad would have had open heart surgery. So I don't know how it'll impact future recording for the next week or so. Mm-hmm. So he's having A couple weeks maybe. By the time, in theory, if I can edit this in time, that. I yeah, might be editing next, next week. He'll probably still be in the hospital. Yeah, so yes. I don't. If her mom, mom watches our daughter and dad watches the dog while we do this, so it might impact some recording stuff. I would think an editing time. Yeah. Or, I would say probably not next week. Yeah, so we'll keep. Although you we could take the stuff or something for him to do, we could all go set it up in the bedroom or wherever he'll be stationed at. After we can't take stationed. we can't take all the electronic equipment into the cardiac ICU. Sure, we can. I don't think so. We'll hey. sneak it in in a they, backpack. I don't, think, hey, Dad. I don't think they'd be okay hey. with that. You want to hear us talk? You want to hear us listen? You want to listen to us? Like, no. Somebody hand Dad the mic. <laughs> like, Live from alone. Methodist Hospital <laughs> in Mark's hotel room. Wait, how did it feel when they cracked your chest? I don't like that. No. Uh, he keeps I saying think, it. I, of all your dad and I have talked about in the last couple of weeks. I think that's just, that's the one thing, that's the worst part about this to him. Mm-hmm. Well, because obviously you wake up, your hey, chest has been. You can't make an omelet without again. cracking a few eggs. I'll tell him that tonight. <laughs> tell him you said so. so. All right, we have to go. So that's the warning. I'll keep you posted. Just luck uh, and good bear night. with us because this is how it is. Yo, you're allowed to pray too for. He does. He is accepting prayers. Prayers and monetary donations in the form of our Patreon that I might <laughs> tell him about. If he understood what Patreon was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And for honest to goodness, stay, stay out, out of the, the corn. corn. And your local mortgage office. Boom. Hey, let me tell you. I know I'm on a fucking wall. One way dead in fucking street. But I'll tell you one fucking thing. I didn't come up here to back down. And I'll tell you, I don't want to die. I don't want I ain't afraid to die, though. And I ain't trying to prove it, I ain't afraid to die. It's my only fucking choice, boy. I'll flat ass tell you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They know it's my only fucking choice. You, you wait, you, you'll get wind of what these cocksuckers have done. Yes, sir.